Well, good morning. So I want to get this out of the way really quick. Um, I know there's a bunch of VBS students here. I had a great time all week running the games with Chantel. Um, there was a rumor going around that I might have started that Ian is my twin brother. Now, I know that I fooled about half of the people, and some people got a little more aggressive and angry when I would tell them, no, it's true. And he had to go to the science fair in the afternoon. Um, but I am Ian. Okay. Okay. I know you guys are all shocked, but uh, I am Ian. Okay. <laughs> so it is such a privilege to be here this morning um, speaking to you guys. Um, as Mark said, um, I am now officially, I guess, a pastor of you guys, and it is so awesome to be here. Um, when I was younger, I always had plans. You know, I was going to make the NHL. I was, I was going to do it, and I was, was going to be awesome. Um, and quickly when I realized that that wasn't happening, you know, I was like, I'm going to be a police officer. I mean, my grandpa was a cop, so that was my next big goal. Um, when I was 19, God called me into ministry, and I had no idea what that looked like. Um, I know there were some pastors on my, my mom's side of the family, but it was quite a terrifying call. Uh, I used to skip presentations um, at school. I'd be like, oh, I was, I was definitely sick the day there was a social presentation. I wasn't going to be there. Um, and for some reason, now I love um, getting up to speak in front of people. Um, and I love uh, speaking from this book. Uh, it, is, it is such a privilege to be able to speak from God's Word. Um, and today I get to share something with you guys that is so important to me. Uh, when, when Pastor Mark asked me, he said, Ryan, I want you to do VBS Sunday. I want you to speak as your first time. Um, and we're going to be doing a psalm. Within a matter of a second, I know Jerry Shepard was four seconds, so I beat him. Mine was within a matter of a second. I was like, you know what? I'm speaking on Psalm 46. Because if there is one verse in my life that has meant something, um, this verse is by far um, the most. I love this verse. Fear is something that, that has kind of always been a part of me. Um, it's something that I struggle with. It's something that, that I probably always will struggle with. But I have, I have such faith in a God that can take fear away. And that is something that I'm so excited to share with you guys. So my message title is Be Still in the Storm. Now, I don't know, when, when there's storms, the other day there was a big storm outside our house, and I was like, I had my like, Snapchat out, and I was videoing it. I was like, there's hail coming down. And I wasn't necessarily afraid. But when we hear the word storm, I want you guys to think of fear and, and the anxiousness that it's going to cause you. Uh, uh, storms have happened in my life quite often, and I'm going to touch on that a little bit later. Um, but one verse, which is verse 10 of, of, of this chapter, says, Be still and know that I am God. And, and it's, it's one that I was heard growing up in church. I always heard people say, Oh, just be still and know that I am God. And I was like, Oh, great. But until I actually discovered what that meant, I had no idea the impact that it could have on my life and, and, and the, the, the impact that I want to share with people of, of how it can transform day to day lives uh, living in fear. So when you hear the word stillness, um, I'm going to share my, my idea of stillness. The perfect stillness for me is when I step inside of a hockey rink. Some people are like, why? Like, there's fighting parents in there, and it's cold, and people are screaming at each other. It's like, I don't know. For me, when I step in a rink, from the minute the puck drops until the last whistle, I feel still, I feel calm, I feel like I'm at home. Some people, it might be going to the lake, sitting on the deck, reading a book. I can't figure that one out. But some people feel still in those areas. Uh, for me, it's hockey. But today I want to talk to you about a stillness um, that isn't necessarily just like a physical halt. Okay, like I'm running, I'm running, I'm running, I'm still now. I want to talk to you about a stillness that, that focuses in on letting go. When you say, be still and know that I am God, you are, okay, I'm going to let go and know that he is God. 
Think of it as if you're holding a weapon and you're fighting as hard as you can, whatever, it, whatever is haunting you, whatever you're battling with. Think of it as literally putting down your weapons. Now, there's three kind of things of fear that I want to kind of open up with because I've experienced all of them. Uh, they're, they're kind of complexes that psychologists have talked about. There's the fight complex, there's the flight complex, and there's the freeze. Fight uh, looks a little bit like this. If you're kids, I'm sure you, you guys go through this all the time. You, you go to your first day of school of the year. Maybe it's every day of school, like me and my sister. There was days where my mom was pulling on my sister's feet, and she was hanging on to the headboard. But you know what? I, I never wanted to go to school. It is important, and your parents know that. So they're like, you know, you've got to go to school. But you are fighting with everything you have because there is something there that causes anxiousness. That is fight. Flight might look like, okay, well, I'm going down this hallway. This is something that meant a lot to me. I see... Robert. Robert is a bully. Robert is bigger than I am, which at the time was probably true, maybe not anymore. But Robert was big. So I was going to go literally four hallways down, up that hallway, around, up, around, so I didn't have to deal with Robert. I knew that I had fear when I saw him. So instead of dealing with him, I took flight. And I was like, you know what? I'm out of here. Maybe for some of you guys, you have this dream job that you know you're qualified for, that you know you want to do, that you know you're going to love, but it causes you fear to put yourself out there, to put your hook in the water. So instead, you're like, you know what, I'm good doing what I'm doing now. I don't have to do that. And the last one is one of where there's just no hope. It's called the freeze complex. So this one, first thing that it reminded me of is, okay, Ryan, what's nine times eight to the power of six? I don't know. I froze. All the time in school, people, I would freeze. In meetings, sometimes maybe your boss asks you a question and you freeze. Because this fear hits you that either maybe you're on your phone, maybe you weren't paying attention, maybe you have no idea what the answer is, so you freeze. Now, there's a funny story on this one. When I was in grade 9, I had a friend named Sam. Sam was a great guy. Sam wasn't a good student. Not this Sam, but a different Sam. And he would sit there, and he would, he would draw, he would do whatever. And one day, our teacher, Mrs. Hoxima, said, Okay, Sam. She asked him a math question. And he looked up. And for about five seconds, there was this awkward pause of Mrs. Hoxima looking at Sam, and Sam would just be like this. So me being the good friend I am, I go, Sam, the answer's green. So Sam says, green. He answered green to a math question. Uh, <laughs> Sam didn't talk to me for quite a while after that. But for me, it was, it was hilarious because he had this fear that hit him, and he was like, oh, no, green. So he answered green, and he didn't talk to me for a while. Um, but today I want to talk to you about how is it possible that when I feel the, the fight complex, the flight complex, the, uh, complex, the freeze complex, I'm telling you there is a way that you can be rescued from that, where you can finally let go of all fear in your life, even when it's hard. And this is something that I genuinely believe. And each day I live, I, I, for some reason, this is just what, what, what I am placed with. I have to deal fear. My uncle once told me, he said, you know what, you come from a long line of warriors, Good luck. <laughs> Thank you, Uncle Lori, for that kind and, and encouraging message. But it is true. Fear, fear has played such an important part of my life, and, and, I, and parts of it I'm so thankful for and, and who it has made me to be. And again, I'll share a bit of that later. Um, but today, if you want to turn to uh, Psalm 46, uh, verse 1, we read, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. Now, there's, there's a very present help in a time of trouble is another translation. Um, what the word very literally means is a well-proven. God is our refuge and strength. He is well-proven in times of trouble. Now, to me, that's encouraging. I mean, if I want to go to someone, I want to go to someone who's well-proven. 
not just some rookie who's like, you know what, you could help me. But God is well proven. And when he says he is our refuge, refuge means a place of trust. Somewhere where you, you can feel protection or shelter from something causing you danger or harm. So God is our refuge and our strength. And he's well proven in helping us in those difficult times. Now I'm encouraged by that. But I'm going to be flat out honest with you. Sometimes I'm like, you know what? I'm afraid. I know that's true. But how do I apply that? Um, going to verse 2 and 3. This is such a, it's such a powerful... The psalmist is using, is using figurative um, um, visualization to... To, to help stir this, this idea of trouble in people's lives. And, and this is what he was visualizing. It says, So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. Now I want to read this to you again. There's a, there's a translation which you might be familiar with called The Message. And for me, The Message is kind of like this cool movie script that someone wrote that, that helps me better understand sometimes when I'm having a hard time Uh, maybe understanding what the scripture means. And it says, We stand fearless at the cliff edge of doom, courageous in sea storm and earthquake, before the rush and roar of oceans, the tremors that shift mountains. Now, hey, we live in Alberta. Like, I hear news on the radio of NBC. It's like, oh, there was a 5.3 earthquake. I'm like, man, that was scary. We live in Alberta. So I didn't actually feel it. But So we don't actually know what an earthquake feels like. But, But I can't help in my mind right now, think of, of, of fear and people in B.C. right now. You know, there's these, these, these fires that are forcing people out of their homes. And you watch the smoke come closer and closer towards you until suddenly you see, you see flames on clouds. And then within a second, someone's knocking on your door and saying, you have to get out of your house now. You have, you have a very, you have a matter of minutes to grab the things that mean most to you and you have to get out. Now to me, I'm, a, I'm like, okay, I'm afraid. Especially being me. When I was in grade 8, I remember turning on the news and seeing about Hurricane Katrina. And that's in Louisiana. But I was so impacted by, by, by seeing this wreckage, this storm that hit this city and destroyed the houses and the people that inhabited them. It destroyed their lives within a matter, within a matter of days. Everything they had was gone. Their city was, was in turmoil. Part of the reason I cheer for the New Orleans Saints is because I watched that happen and, and my heart broke for their city. So I was like, oh, I'm going to cheer for their football team. But, the, but that's fear. Sometimes, sometimes we, we, don't, we don't realize when, when, when we read this that what fear looks like in our own lives. I've, I've heard stories of wives becoming widows in a matter of a minute. And that is tragic and that is hard and we don't have words to help them in those times. Sometimes the best thing you can do is just not say anything at all. We don't understand. But people go through that. There is kids who have to deal with the fear of going to school. And this was me too. There are people that, that, that rip on you so hard for how God made you and what you look like that you are so afraid to even enter the doors of that building. That is fear. That is such a real fear, and it is, it is, so, uh, it is so severe in our schools today. And I have the privilege of working with youth, and I hear their stories, and it breaks my heart how afraid they are to go somewhere where it should be safe. That is scary. But just like all these things, this, this verse tells us God is greater. He is greater than all of these things. And, and to me, I'm like, I can't help, but, but, you know, I'm like, okay, well, how do I practice that? Because, you know what, fear is, is, fear is torment. That's what it is. When you have fears in your mind, you are tormented by the what-ifs. What's going to happen? What might happen? I'm in danger. What could happen? And when the fear is unknown, when you have no idea what's coming down your way, it is scary. And I will tell you something tr- also true, is when you know what's happening, and when you know what's coming your way, it is just as scary. 
Fear isn't something that is easy. But he tells us, he says, he is, I am greater. He is our refuge and our strength. You can trust in him because he's well-proven. And if, and if you're like me, you're like, you know what, okay, I can practice that sometimes, but when I really get in the heat of the battle, how am I going to do that? Um, the, next, the next verse is, is, is so important, and, and you might read it, and, and it's in verse 4. It says, a riv- verse 4 and 5, it says, A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. Now, you might be like, okay, like, what's God talking about? Like, there's, there's a river, and it's powerful. Um, um, for some reason, God uses this, this, this image of, of water as life. If you remember the story of the woman at the well in John 4, Jesus says, anyone who drinks this water, the water from the well, will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. So what does that mean in, the, in, the, in terms of this river? Now, now, has anyone here uh, been to Jerusalem? Anyone? No? Yes. Is there a river in Jerusalem? No. There is o- it is one of the only cities in that area where a major river does not run through it. Now, in, in a barren desert, water is life. I mean, I go like 20 minutes without water, and I walk somewhere. I'm like, whew, feeling it. That's a barren desert. Water is life. And also, in, in, in terms of defending your nation, in terms of defending where you live, water is, is so important in battle because it, it gives life. It gives you resource. And there was no water in Jerusalem. So what, what is this psalmist talking about, this river that brings joy? Number one, it is a blessing of life. Like I said, it is important in life. It is important in battle. And, and, and although their, their, uh, Jerusalem was often under attack, they had peace in this God that was always there for them. And the second thing, this is such a cool connection. Um, what, if, uh, what if we were, we were forced with fear to the point of death? What if this fear hit us so hard that, hey, you know what, this, this heavenly body that I live in is now going to crumble. What hope do I have in that? In, la- in one of the last chapters, I think it's the last chapter of Revelation, uh, we read in Revelation 22, it says, Then the angel showed me the river of, wa- of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of this tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. Now there's two times in Scripture where all was well in the world. Where there was no pain, there was no hurt, there was no suffering. And I'm sure you guys know one of those happens in Genesis 2, before the fall. The second time happens here. There is no pain in the world. This river that gives us peace, that gives us life, that gives us hope, flows from the throne of God, and it can live in you if you accept him, if you trust in him. And even if my worst fears come true, I have a hope that I'm going somewhere better to live with someone better for eternity. And for me, reading those words is such an encouragement. Because there's people in here. Every single one of us has our own fears. And each fear is just as significant to each warrior that goes through it. If you go on to the next, it says, The nations are in chaos, and their kingdoms, crum- their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders, and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us, and the God of Israel is our fortress. Now, now nations are in chaos. They're, they're against us. 
And I've seen enough Transformers movies, I've seen enough superhero movies that I can picture this earth melting. I don't have my 3D glasses on, but I can picture it. God is powerful. Anything, when people are against us, when anything is against us, he can put that to a halt. He can melt the earth. What a powerful visual. How strong and how mighty our God is. He is bigger than those fears. You go back, when the earth is falling into the sea, mountains are quaking, the earth is falling, he is greater because he is more powerful. In verse 8, it says, Come and see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Spears, shields, bows, things we fight with, things we battle with. When I'm, when I'm facing a fear, I have this bow and I'm trying to fight it off. He's bigger. He's stronger. And shatter those things in your life. Trust me. Because he goes on to say, be, this is God speaking, be still and know that I am God. Release, let go, put down your weapons and know that I am God. And I want to share with you quickly about my own uh, life with this verse. When my mom was a teenager, apparently she was rebelling a bit, and my opa, who had a, a sick wife to worry about, and, and, and a bunch of other boys who were causing trouble in his life, was so worried about my mom. And she was off doing who knows what and who, who knows where, and he had this, this, this fear amongst him. And God gave him this verse. It says, be still. Let go of that. Know that I have your daughter. Know that I have her. And trust that I am God. So when, when I was growing up, my mom would always tell me how important that verse was to him. So, so I bought her a picture when I was 18, and I, I uh, it said, be still and know that I'm God. And there was this tree, and, and she hung it in the family room. And I never knew how much that picture was going to impact me. Uh, I, I know I've shared briefly maybe with some of you my story a bit, but when I was 18 years old, I had dealt with a long um, upbringing of bullying. Uh, a lot of it was centered at how my appearance was. So when I hit 18 years old, I, I started, okay, I'm going to cut certain things out of my diet, and I'm going to start to eat less, and then I'm gonna, all the people are going to like me. Because I no longer am going to be this big person that everyone's going to make fun of. Slowly, I cut everything out of my diet until, hey, one day I asked for help. I'm like, you know what, Mom? I don't feel good. My heart's not working right. I just don't feel myself. So we went to the hospital, and within, within a matter of days, I had been diagnosed with severe anorexia. Um, my heart was failing. They found pieces of liver in my blood. Uh, I was like 140 pounds. I just wasn't doing good. And, and man, I tell you, fear, I could go from, when I was playing hockey, I'd come home from practice and I'd eat a whole pizza, which probably isn't a good idea, but I would do it anyways. Um, and, then, and then two years later, here I am, I can't even pick up like a carrot without feeling this overwhelming fear that crippled my body to the point where I just didn't want to eat it anymore because I had these kids' voices haunting me all day long. You're not good enough, Ryan. You're fat. You're this, you're that. So what did I do? I dealt with it by starving myself to the point of almost dying. And I cannot tell you the fear that hit me when I had to recover that and when I had to get better from that. But, but I didn't really know what was really coming down the pipe for me because after I recovered from that, I, I developed like major depression. Um, I had severe mental health disorders with, with OCD, um, with some really bad stuff where, where I was afraid of touching anything. I had like really bad germophobia, so couldn't do this, couldn't touch anything. So what did I do? I stayed in my house all day. Fear hit me so hard that I didn't even know what the world looked like anymore. I had to go to my doctor's appointments. They wanted to do shock therapy on me. They wanted to completely wipe my emotions out of my body and have me live there. That's scary. 
And I remember the days well because it's not that long ago. And by the grace of God and by his healing power, I stand before you today. But this verse meant so much to me. And through it, man, storms. Both my grandparents passed away within three, three months. My dad had a major heart attack. I'm trying to graduate school. I decided to get married after my second year. I'd see red numbers in my bank account. It's like, okay, that's scary. I have to somehow pay for all this stuff. And all this, my world is crashing around me. But what I can say is, is going through this, God showed himself to me. And know that I am God. What does that look like for some of you? What does that look like? What does it look like to have this God that loves you so much that your fears, he can squash them? And even if they don't get better tomorrow or the next day, he is greater than that. It's powerful. And you know what? I want to make two points to you of of how I I managed to overcome that and how I I believe that God can show that he is greater than that. One, I came to this point where I was like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. Where am I going? What am I doing with my life that I have to fight and fight and fight and fight? Where am I going with that? Am I, is it ever going to get better? Am I ever going to come to the point of this finish line? Because I can promise you, as long as you do things by yourself, as long as you do things on your own power, under your own strength, you will lose in the end. And I know that might sound like discouraging, but I tried for so long to beat fear by myself. And I grew up in a Christian house and I always believed in this God. But until I knew him, until I picked up this book and started reading about, about him and how he sent his son, I had no idea who he was and how much he loved me. And, and I think people often, often get this wrong. It's like, you know what, if I, if I become a Christian, maybe my life's going to get easier. Maybe my life's going to get simpler. Maybe all this bad stuff's just going to go away. What I can promise you is just when, when you accept God and when you embrace him in your life, your life might not get better in terms of all the bad stuff happening. Some of the, some of the most godly men and women that I have known in my life have had the most struggle. And I don't know why that is, but God chooses warriors to go through stuff. And man, have I been impacted in my own life. Maybe I wouldn't be standing here if it wasn't for people showing me how to overcome this fear They had this river flowing through them. What does that look like? What is that like? I challenge you to look inside yourself today. One of the best, the best decision, the best decision I have ever made. Sorry, Tian. The best decision I have ever made in my whole life without a shadow of a doubt was the day I said yes to Jesus. And not just, you know what, I'm just going to live and I'm going to tell people that I I have faith is when I actually genuinely took that upon myself and believed that with my whole heart. Because you know what? We have these fears, we have these fears. We freeze, we have flight, we we take flight, we we fight. Because ultimately, fear is is, is a fear of death. It's a fear of passing away. It's a fear of dealing with things you, you don't think you can ever recover from. That's what fear is. That's what it was for me. But you know what? God saw this need on this earth with a broken world and with broken people. So what did he do? He sent himself down in human form, took on a body just like you and I, became a peasant, basically, a servant. Not even was he just an average guy. He was like the worst of the worst in terms of social class. And he lived a sinless life. And what did he do? He went to the cross and died so that we could be free. So that when we sin, when we mess up, when we have fear, we say, you know what, God, I can't do this anymore. 
can you help me? Each and every time, he is there. No matter how many times you mess up, no matter how many times you try and do it on your own, he is always there. And what an encouragement that is. And, and, and people, people say, you know what, hey, Jesus wasn't afraid. When he, when he was praying in the garden, he, he was sweating drops of blood because he knew his friends were gonna, his, one of his friends was going to betray him. He knew what had to take place. He knew he was going to die. But he knew that that was God's will. And he knew he had to save the world. So what did he do? He did it. And I don't know why each and every one of us has to go through these things, why we have to battle. What I can tell you, and if the worship team wants to come back up here, uh, what I can tell you is that there is a God who loves you so much. And not only does he love you, he is there for you. And I don't know if that's you today. Maybe, you're, maybe there's this gap in your life where you're like, you know what, I, I, I lost my job. I'm, I'm going through something right now. My, 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 my wife and I, my husband and I, we fight. My kids just aren't listening to me. I'm afraid of, of this. I'm afraid of my body failing on me. You know what, I'm getting older. Maybe I'm young. Maybe I have health trouble. I am afraid. Maybe there's this gap where you can no longer fight and you need someone to help you. And if that's you today, I, I would encourage you to, to pick up this book and say yes to the best thing you can ever say yes to. We say yes to a lot of stuff every day. Do you want a blueberry pie? Yes, I guess so. Throw it in the bag. Say yes to the best thing you can ever say yes to. And, and if that's you, if you have questions, if, if you want to pray, if, you, if that's you, come find me. Come find Pastor Mark. Come find Pastor Luke. I promise you it is the best decision you will ever make. And I genuinely believe that fear, fear is there. Fear is present. It's going to be there. But a courageous person overcomes it through our God.